2: yet for Ovechkin there. As Carolina will try to clear. Carolina can't clear. Now out in front, spinning with it. Ovechkin, another save, Kochenkoff. And Carolina finally clears. Well, that was a great save. I mean, three good ones, but the last one, boy, that outstanding mechanical butterfly. He took away the entire lower now, portion. He'll go rink wide. Try to settle it down. Teravine into bunting, but that's Eclipsed. And now a break coming in. It's Wilson! Stares him down and catches it and hangs on. Washington trying to go to work in the Kane zone. And Snively with it, but he has that interrupted. And there's Nason with it. Could be numbers for Carolina. Sent across, Chatfield shoots, Save. Kemper. And then he sweeps across and covers it up. Now Kane's on for Ajo, he starts. A one-timer and a finished rocket delivered by Aho. It's one nothing Carolina. Boston. Slavin doing heavy lifting along the boards. Washington with it. That runs off the post. They think they scored. Referee waves it out. And out comes D'Angelo. And the Canes have a three on one. D'Angelo across Martin And he can't find the, the target. Reflection, to Aho, who thought he had his second of the evening. Mason tries to get to it. Kept in by Shea Handed it off for Pesci, clinks it off the crossbar And it goes over the glass into the netting. Drome sharp angle shot Might have stung Kochtetkov a little bit. Now it takes a bounce out in front Wilson gets to it. Now strong with a shot right on and a save made by Kochtetkov Now a possible two-on-one as Carlson sends it across. Shot on and it stays out Maybe another little bit of luck with the post and the Canes rushing it the other way. Ajo's got Shea. Shea comes in, fans on the first chance. Trying to settle it down, he'll get it to Natchez. Brady Shea had saved a goal and nearly ended it. He needs Seth Jarvis to extend this thing. Well, for Jarvis, his attempt this year was an over. see if he can get to 500. Coming in on Kemper and he misses the net. And Washington will get the extra point as they'll win this game two to one in the shootout.
3: Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast
1: Network. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some of your Post-game evening with me. We're a little earlier than I had anticipated. Uh, But, hey, we're happy to be here even after a hurricane shootout loss to the Washington Capitals. They lose it 2-1 to officially. One goal apiece during the 65-game minutes. Obviously, Carolina needs to score more than the one, especially when you have a third period like the Hurricanes did. I thought the Canes were, after the first five minutes of the game, Carolina was way more dangerous than Washington. You had to score more than the one. You had five power play chances to do it. The Power play wasn't bad. Last one wasn't good. Uh, But the power play wasn't bad. It just didn't score. Well, it didn't score that counted. Um, When Steph Nason was ruled for goaltender interference, chalking off the Brady Shea goal, and frankly it was the right call simply because Nason went into the blue on his own. Even though you can be in the blue paint. You're allowed to be in the blue paint. You can't interfere with the goaltender. Um, and once he went in there, Joel Edmondson did the right thing. I'm just going to shove you right back into my goalie. So anything that happens won't matter. And that's exactly what happened. So nature's did what nature's does, bother the goalie. But Joel Edmondson, our old friend, Uh, Honestly, made a very good play, and that play ends up wiping away Brady Shea's goal. Again, Carolina was pretty good on the power play. I guess they were good enough to not score, but, I mean, I didn't think they were bad until the last last one wasn't good. Um, Although, in the the back half of that truncated power play that went... uh, Carolina uh, Washington gets a power play. Then we go four-on-four for about a minute, and then Carolina gets a power play. Each team, actually, the best chances were shorthanded chances. Slavin had a shorthanded chance, and Tom Wilson had a shorthanded chance. I actually thought that was, to me, the best play of the first period was Kachetkov's save on Wilson shorthanded for a number of reasons. One... It's cool to see the kid come through in situations that call to be big. And I'm not talking about physically big, mentally big. And the other part of that was how he approached it. Because if you've watched Kachetkov, and it's a little bit on the goal, by the way, that Washington scored, but if you've watched Kachetkov, when there is a grade A scoring chance, his first instinct seems to be to go down. Unfortunately, that makes him small. On the Tom Wilson shot, Kachetkov stayed on his feet. He didn't go down. He didn't butterfly. So I actually thought that was, I think, a really good sign of things to come. And, again, I thought he played very well tonight. And that's good. This three games in a row that Kachetkov has played very well. This Piotr Kachetkov you can work with a little bit. Now, I still have my doubts because three games in a row uh, does not mean much. And Washington's not a good offensive team, but three good signs to me. Hopefully it'll continue, and man, is Tuesday going to be tough against the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending champions. All right, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. No place like it. Sammy Hanners crew do a great job. Uh, You should check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. Anything for the exterior of your home, windows, siding, you know, everything. You can see it from the outside. Go outside your house, look at it. Uh, Do we need to do anything like that? Uh, Call the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. All right. Uh, We're going to go through the game real quick. There's not a lot of goals to go through, so we don't have to worry about that. But uh, we're going to go through the game, probably spend just a couple minutes there, and then get to some big-picture issues. And I do believe that I will be able to answer just about all of the big questions, pressing questions that you've got. Uh, let's, so let's do it real uh, real fast. I thought the Canes were better, but really only the third period. I thought the first two periods were about even. Carolina, I mean, Washington was its most dangerous in the uh, first five minutes of the game. That, to me, is where a bunch of their great scoring chances happen. Now, they did score a goal in the second period, and I thought the last 10 minutes of the period they controlled and had the puck. They just didn't get a ton of great scoring chances in the period. That doesn't mean they didn't have opportunities to do something, but I thought for the most part Carolina kept them uh, away from the front of the net. So I thought Carolina actually played. Again, Carolina played a good game, just didn't win. Um, But the first five minutes of the game, that's when you heard that Kind of flurry. It was Ovechkin, Ovechkin, Strom, Ovechkin. all in the, It was all in the same shift. Probably the best shift that that line had all night long. After that, I thought Stahl, Faust, and Martinuk were great. But that particular shift, that was like, whoa, well, I hope it's not like this the rest of the day. Um, but I, again, I thought the Canes were better. Third period was dominant. Just didn't get anything out of it. I mean, they should have scored a goal twice. I mean, to be honest, uh, there were more than two opportunities to score, but Ahu at the post, Pesci at the post, uh, none of those were better than Anthony Mantha's post that he hit. Was that, in the, I guess, in the second period? I don't even understand how that puck didn't go in the net. It hit the uh, the upper part of the right post and the underside of the crossbar just about where they meet. And then deflected diagonally down off the left post. And you see from the overhead view, right across the goal line. right. But it didn't cross the goal line. Just so it went uh, right post, crossbar, left post. I mean, it almost looked like it just rolled around the entire net. net, Right along the iron. Um, So Anthony Manta gets the post, the hitting of the post of the year for me. So far. Adam Golden Studio with my friend Dallas Brule from the aluminum company of North Carolina. You guys do so many things: windows, doors, siding, gutters, awnings, roofing.
0: Roofing. Roofing is the most important part of your home. You want to make sure you keep the water out. Our roofing products made by certainty, the shingle roofing, it comes in a lot of different colors, a lot of different styles, but it has a 50-year five-star warranty on all material and labor backed by the manufacturer. It's non-prorated.
1: I've never heard of a 50-year warranty. I always hear like 20 or 30. Unless a tree hits the house
0: or you have some storm damage, it'll be the last roof you
1: ever put on your home. I like that. What about metal roofing? We do a lot of metal roofing. We got the standing seam. Comes in a lot of different colors. And it'll last forever, but it doesn't have the 50-year warranty like the shingled roofing does. Sounds like you're pushing shingle roofing, which you should probably.
0: It's affordable, and again, it's hard to beat because it's, it's really the last roof you'll have to pay to put on your home.
1: Dallas Brule from the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, AluminumCompany.com.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right,
1: so Aho gets the goal. Uh, The goal was was really at the culmination of tons of hard work. Tons of hard work. The Ajo line came on the ice right after the stall line, had about a two-minute shift in the offensive end. Uh, and while the puck did come out, it goes right back in. And then you see Nason bothering, I forget who it was, might have been Fairvary, uh behind the net, forces a turnover. Jarvis in the corner to Aho in the slot, boom, 1-0. Uh, the Washington goal that came less than four minutes later, I believe, uh, was probably a Martin Natchez mistake, and uh, he he and Brent Burns were marking the same guy. And if you have a defenseman coming in all the way down the slot, that's probably your guy. If it was on your side of the ice, Marty. So again, I actually thought Natchez played a pretty good game tonight. So I'm not uh, I'm not uh, you know going to kill Natchez because I think he was probably one of Carolina's you know, best five forwards in the game, six forwards. I think Carolina was good. But to me, that's Natchez's mistake right there. And too many of those defensive mistakes have happened to Natchez, to Michael Bunting, right? I mean, these these guys, when they're not scoring, they have to help the team in other ways. Uh, and Natchez is actually putting in some goals right now, as is Bunting. But you have to... This team doesn't have the margins that we thought it would have because the goaltending has not been good. The goaltending was good tonight. But because the goaltending has not been good, and they go through these funks where scoring becomes like pulling, uh, you know, molars. So you can't be giving away opportunities like that. And it's unfortunate that Washington's goal was that opportunity. It was an absolute uh, mistake. Uh, and again, I'm pretty sure by Natchez, he and Burns, forget who they were both guarding, but I mean, you, you, we don't need two. We don't need two people to uh, check somebody who doesn't have the puck. Um, so that was, those were the two goals. I thought Carolina had a ton of other opportunities. Forget about the shots that hit the post or whatever. Um, there were too many opportunities where Carolina either doesn't get a shot off at all or. They try to make a pass when there really isn't a pass to make. And, that, and that's because you don't have, I think there are a lot of guys that don't have confidence in their own shot. Uh, and that has to stop. They have to figure out, you know, if you're open in basketball, you have to take good shots. Otherwise, nobody's going to guard you. So in hockey, it's not quite the same thing. You just have to have the confidence to pull the trigger. But here are the, the some of the things that are bothering me about the Hurricanes um, is that they take these opportunities when they were there. Let me just give you a quick example uh, of tonight. Yes, Perry Kotkaniemi. He has a great opportunity. It, it's a two-on-one. So, And he's coming in, and I think it was after a steal, too. So there was so much good to the play. So it's a two-on-one. And I forget who was on the other side of the ice. It was either Taravainen or uh, Natchez, because that's the the line that started together during the game. Um, and he was left with so much indecision. Do I pass it? Do I shoot it? Do I pass it? Do I shoot it? And meanwhile, he's getting closer and closer to the net. And ultimately, and to the defense, and ultimately, he didn't do anything. He didn't even shoot it. He just lost it. So, th- these are opportunities where you have to at least make the goalie make a save, and there were too many of those tonight. And right after he didn't do anything with it, he had an offensive zone cross check, and I actually think that this was the penalty, which led to the Slavin shorthanded chance. Was it that one? And the Wilson? I have no idea what it was. Um, anyway, it's it, it just you have to be able to get more out of those situations um quick overtime I have no problem with NHL overtime as is could you institute a shot clock um eh, no i don't think you can but here's what i would do with overtime because i think the shootout sucks i've always thought the shootout after the first year i have always thought the shootout sucks we don't decide a football game by field goal kicking, right? It it takes a unique set of circumstances to get to uh, a soccer match with penalties. Uh, but I would not consider a hockey shootout and penalties to be the same thing, even though you might think they are. Okay, and every sport is different, but here. Nah, man, because what you want is overtime, is for overtime to be super exciting. And this was Jim Rutherford's idea a long time ago. And this was when I believe we were still four on four. And Jim Rutherford, who's now the general manager of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, said, or team president, uh, start four on four. After five minutes, go to three on three. And after. Another five minutes, go two-on-two. Two. Actually, it was a shorter increment. It was like every two minutes you take, uh, take a player off the ice for each team. I think that's what they should do. Start three-on-three, three, and then if we're still tied after five minutes, go to two-on-two. Two. You're going to get a winner. And I would get rid of the shootout entirely. Go from three-on-three three to two-on-two. Two. At least it's closer. It's closer to actual hockey. And heck. It's it will certainly be exciting, and I bet you that it's a rarity that we're playing for more than two minutes at, at two on two. That's the way that's the way I would do it. I hate the shootout. I've always hated the shootout. Uh, I love three on three, and I understand. Look, the game. The name of the game is puck possession, and you what you saw tonight from Washington is something you don't usually see. Uh, but I'm 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 in general fine with overtime. The shootout tonight was deflating, right? It was completely deflating. Aho comes in with no speed. I almost looked like he was going backwards. Same with Taravon same with Jarvis. But at least Aho put the shot on net. I mean, come on. I, th- I think Taravon had missed the net to the left. If Kemper got a piece, my apologies. Jarvis, you see from, uh, from the camera angle behind, I mean, he just kind of flicked it, you know, high and wide to the right. Got to put those on net. I mean, you just you just have to. Um, all right. Again, I'll be done with that. Good game. Hurricanes didn't win it. Now to some big picture things. I'm going to try to move through this as fast as possible, and we are going to play a trimmed down version of my conversation with Don Waddell, the president and general manager of the Hurricanes, in just a second. Uh, so it runs about two and a half minutes, but I think it's important to hear a the Ranta stuff and b the Frederick Anderson stuff, and this because it will give us some. Um, some talking points and some thoughts about what to do with the goalies. Um, so let's get to the goaltenders. All right, so uh, Hurricanes after Friday night's loss, which was a crushing shootout loss for a number, not a shootout, an overtime loss for a number of reasons. One, at least two, maybe three, heck, maybe even four of the five regulation goals were either bad or mm, he could have he could have gotten that. Right, so and then the overtime goal was absolutely one that Ronta should have saved. I don't care who was shooting it, I don't care where he was. It hit Ronta basically in the arm and went over. You know, I think that some people said we, he was under the bar, or top you know, you know. No far down, wasn't, it It was off of front, right off the glove, basically, uh, and in, Uh, and he played small, so he was distraught, after the game, I'm almost unconsolable, uh, at his, uh, at his locker, and, they obviously made the decision that night, and the next day, they placed him on waivers, he cleared, today, at two o'clock, and, after that whole thing happened first of all Don Waddell told him and then Don uh, said do you want to go to Chicago initially uh, it was no you'll hear all this in the um, in the thing so let's I, I won't I won't have to recap it uh, but Ronta was placed on waivers and the hurricanes were called Yanni Peretz. he's the goaltender from Quinnipiac won the national championship a year ago played on the same team with Rod Brindamore's son Skyler And Peretz's history is almost nothing but he stops pucks. He's not big. He's about six foot, six one, maybe. Um, But he's a very good goalie. He is just not ready for this. So, right now, they've got Pyotr Kachetkov. They've got Yanni Peretz. And that's it. Auntie Ranta is not coming, not, not going to play. Uh, I There's no way he plays before Christmas, and it's very possible. I don't think we can rule out the fact that Auntie Ranta may never play for the Hurricanes again because they're counting on Ranta going to Chicago and playing well. They, that's what they want. Best case scenario, Ranta goes there, gets his confidence back, comes back to the Hurricanes. That would be awesome. Uh, I'd love to see it. There isn't a nicer guy in that locker room. And there's a bunch of nice guys in that locker room. But that is just, he is an absolute wonderful human being. Um, and we'll get to the Frederick Anderson part of this at the end. But let's start with Pyotr Kachetkov. And if you're asking me, and I know you are, do the Hurricanes still need to trade for a goaltender? The answer is unequivocally Yes. They have to. Now, who they feel like they need, if it were me, I would get somebody I would feel confident to start in a playoff game. I don't know how many of those guys are out there. Um, And the, the reason I say that is because even if Freddie comes back, even if Kachetkov stays healthy, even if Ronta comes back. Man, we know the the physical vulnerability of all three. They need another goalie, absolutely need another goalie. Who that is, I don't know. A lot of the names you think you, oh, we could just go get him. We could just go get him. Yep. A lot of those hymns stink right now stink so you got to bring in somebody better than what you have and i'm not saying they shouldn't do it i and i've been i've said this already i don't know how many times i think they need another goalie and they might need a number one i don't know how many of those are available but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to part with a first-round pick if you still think you can win a Stanley Cup if you get the right goalie. So with all of that, I just don't know where you go, but I think they have to add a goalie. Um, I'll tell you what. Let, let, why don't we just uh, listen to uh, a few minutes of Don Waddell, the president and general manager of the Hurricanes, because uh, I talked to him before the game about basically the last 24 hours. Well, so this has been, a, I'm sure, a pretty tough 48 hour stretch knowing Auntie's personality and his popularity. So, walk me through the whole thing. Yeah,
3: you know, we still believe in the guy. Uh, he's been through a little bit of a rough patch here, so we thought the best thing we'd do is to uh, put him on waivers. Um, and once he cleared, I met with him. And we're going to sign him to Chicago. Might be two games, might be two weeks. You know, we gotta, we got to figure a way to get his game back.
1: That could be uh, that could be him right now saying I need a cam.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, for us, you know, he's played well for us over the time. He's right now. I think he's fighting it a little more, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's not the ability; it's confidence. Right. And so, you know, when, when you're going through a stretch like this, uh, we just thought as an organization it'd be better to get him some games, and you know, we all know we need goaltending. You know, it's not. Uh, uh, a secret that we don't have a lot of uh, depth, and with uh, with Anderson being probably another month or so, so we thought this would be a good opportunity to let him go play games.
1: Well, two things here. First, um, are you a little surprised that he accepted the uh, assignment to the minor leagues because somebody in his position might have opted not to?
3: You know, when I talked to him, you know, he he honestly said last night that you know he wasn't sure what he would do, but when he woke up this morning, he he doesn't want to go out this way. You know, he's a proud athlete, uh, wants to have an opportunity to bounce back. And, you know, to me, uh, that's a great answer. Uh, I'd love to hear it because, you know, as I said, you know, we know he has the ability. There's no question about that. He's done that over time here for us. It's just, you know, goalie's a hard position. And, you know, our team hasn't played great in front of them. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure we don't let them off the hook here. Uh, But the goalie's last last stop and uh, when he and things don't go the way you want them to go you know that's where the confidence gets shaken and so i think this is a great way to build back his confidence
1: all right the other thing you said there was that you think freddie is maybe about or maybe a little more a little bit more than a month away where where are you in that process how soon until he gets back on the ice
3: well, I think he's going to be on the ice real soon because he's been cleared to start working out full. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, got cleared this week. Uh, so he's been in the gym. Uh, you know, there wasn't a rush to get him on the ice because we got to get him back, you know. But he's full go right now as far as conditioning uh, to move forward. So I think over the next uh, week or 10 days, he'll start hitting the ice more.
1: Well, there you go. Over the next week or 10 days, he'll start hitting the ice. So... When he said about, you know, um, a month or so, let's just say it's six weeks. So we are on the 17th. Uh, Do we think there's a possibility of Frederick Anderson returning by February 1? Yeah, I guess guess there is. Um, Do you have enough to get you to February 1? That what happens with Ronta in the minor leagues will determine whether or not you, can, you have to add a goalie. I think they need to add a goalie regardless. Because, again, my faith physically and, honestly, in terms of play, in the three, is not very high right now. Uh, and I, incidentally, real quick, before the game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up going a little bit longer than I wanted to in this whole podcast, but um, before the game, when I talked to Rod Brindamore, he did say, This is the first time I'd heard anybody with authority mention it. That when you don't have confidence that you're going to get that save, it changes the way you play. Which we all believe to be true or logical. But we have been told, because everybody is trying to protect a goalie or a teammate, We've been told that, no, 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 we have total confidence in the goalies. I will say that they have not. And I thought you saw it in the third period in Calgary when Carolina had a 2-0 lead. They weren't playing great anyway. First two periods, I thought they were. They played 10 great minutes, and then the second period wasn't good, but they led 2 nothing, And you could tell in the third period, Man, they there was no aggression at all. They stopped pushing the puck down the ice. They stopped playing their game or trying to. And, man, Michael Bunting lost, uh, who was it, um, Rasmus Anderson. Just completely lost him. He gets an easy backdoor tap-in. Uh, then Martin Natchez makes a mistake. He's there, top of the crease but doesn't tie up the scorer. That's a goal. And then the uh, the shorthanded goal that was, I forget who scored the shorthanded goal, but the shorthanded goal was an absolute killer, and that was the game winner. It was a bad goal. Kachetkov was in net. Now, Kachetkov's last three games have been very good. Uh, you know, different levels of excellent. Ottawa, he was the first star. He was my first star tonight here as well. Um... But that was almost by default. But still, he was very good tonight. I thought he made some really big saves. So this Pyotr Kachetkov, with a, a decent backup, might be able to get you to February 1. It's still it's a long way away. It's a lot of games. Um. So maybe. But if Auntie Ranta can't come back, if Antti can't find his game in Chicago, you're not putting Yanni Peretz on the ice, man. I'll be stunned if Yanni starts a game. So I think Don Waddell will try as best he can to find at least somebody who can be a legitimate backup. And, and I think Byron to go into Chicago probably buys him a week. So they'll find out, yeah, maybe two weeks, they'll find out a couple of games in whether or not Ronta can regain some confidence. And if he can't, yeah, you can't wait. you got to figure out a way to get somebody. All right. Um, You know, right now, Detroit has three goalies. I'm not saying that Detroit uh, is, uh, that any of the three goalies are great, but Detroit's got three goalies. Now, two of them used to play for Carolina, Alex Lyon, and James Reimer. Um, I don't think you can get Ville Huso from him. Even though Huso has been, I think, the statistically the worst of the three goalies. But I think he is one that can be a starter. Uh, I remember Dan Vladar in Boston, who I liked. And he is not having a good season in Calgary. Uh, but none of their goalies are having good seasons in Calgary. Uh, but they're not to the point where Carolina has been in terms of save percentage and goals saved above average. Uh, but, man, the last three games, Pyotr Kachetkov has looked like he's starting to turn it around. And that would be good if he did. So the answer to your question is, do uh, do I think the Hurricanes need another goalie? I say yes because I don't think they really want to put Yanni Perez on the ice. Um, all right. Guys that need to start playing better. Brent Burns. 13 games without a goal. Nope. I really thought we were going to see Brent take another step offensively this year. And a really good offensive season last year. But I thought year two with Slavin, understanding the system, how Carolina wants to play, I thought that there would be another level offensively. Dougie Hamilton, year two with the Hurricanes, until he broke his leg in Columbus, was, I mean... Crushing it offensively. Now, if you remember, that was the um, the year we ended up in bubble hockey. That was the pen the year that the pandemic shut everything down. But his injury happened, I believe, was early February, or sometime in February, before the trade deadline in um, in Columbus. And Brett Pesci got hurt before then in the David Ayers game. So the the Hurricanes ended up going out and getting Brady Shea. We all remember that. And they traded for Vincent Trocek uh, at about the same time. But anyway, um, Hamilton had such a good year offensively until the injury that I just, I, I was counting on Brent Burns taking his offensive game to another level. Now, Brent's not a great defender anyway. So, I mean, he's not a bad defender, but it's certainly not his strength. And I think that's basically been the same. I mean, is there is he slightly worse defensively than he was last year? Maybe. But the real glaring miss is he's got 13 points. We played 31 games. I mean, he is, he's on pace for like a 35-point season. That ain't getting it done for Carolina. They count on their blue line to provide offense. Right now, Brent Burns is third among defensemen in points. He's behind Shea, and he's behind Slavin. So, Burns needs to be better. Is Perry Kokaniemi now 10 games without a goal? Now... He's not a big scorer, never has been a big scorer, probably never will be a big scorer. But that doesn't mean you can't. And I think he's got a pretty good shot. And he maybe he's a little snake bit right now. I didn't think today was a terrible game for him. I actually thought he was fine today. But for the most part, I don't think he's been great. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm not grading him against great. I'm grading him against him. So using his best as the A, and I would say that yes, Barry's probably been a B minus. And they need more. Otherwise, there is a number eighteen on the line in the lineup who is probably playing as good or better. And not I'm I'm not judging Jack Drury against, you know, in Jack Drury's world. I think Drury's playing better than Kokaniemi. And we already saw a flip against Nashville in the lines where Drury went uh, and slid into the spot where Kokaniemi had occupied. I don't think we saw a line flipping today. And I wouldn't be shocked if when Carolina ultimately does go back to 12 forwards, and I would not be surprised if it happens on... um, Tuesday against Vegas. But I wouldn't be completely shocked to see Cook and Amy centering, bunting, and Lemieux on the fourth line. By the way, 11-7 and hasn't been a real problem for Carolina of late. It was at the beginning of the year. I th- I thought Rod hated 11-7. and I don't think he's hated 11-7 and lately. And again, Tony has played fairly well. I don't think Tony's played poorly at all. I think Tony's played pretty well. Um, and he does make the power play better for what it's worth, uh, whether you like him or not. Tavo Teravainen, no goals in eight. I didn't think Tavo was great tonight at all, uh, but he had his moments, but I didn't think he was awesome. Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought the best player on that line was probably Natchez. Um, and do uh, I know it's, it's been asked several times, do they have to, is it time to trade Natchez? Well, Probably. I mean, here's the thing. I don't think... There's a lot to unpack with Natchez. I don't think he's going to get another contract. Certainly not one that is commensurate with his talent level. But of course, his next contract will probably be tied mostly to what he produces this year. Remember last year... For three quarters of the season, he was awesome. Legit awesome. The last quarter of the season, which does coincide with the Andres Svechnikov injury, Natchez was unawesome. And in the playoffs, apart from one game, he was non existent. So, Natchez either plays better or, yes, Carolina will likely move him um and it's a good it's a good chip to have in a trade all right two other things maybe maybe a couple more but i'm going to try to race through them we also need sebastian Ajo to be consistently good or oh, i'm sorry consistently great you signed a big contract in the off season your carolina's best forward You're Carolina's most dangerous offensive player. You cannot be great every third game. And that's essentially what Sebastian has been. He's rarely bad. He's almost always good. But you have to be great more than once a week. And that's basically what we have looked at with Aho. The numbers will tell you, oh, my, he's the same. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he's not terrible, again. You just have to be great. Look, I don't want to compare him to, you know, Nathan McKinnon or McDavid or any of the – I don't want to m- compare him to those guys because he's not that. They're two different levels of star – Sebastian Ajo is an all-star. Those other guys are bona fide superstars. So Sebas is not that. But you can still be game in, game out, noticeable. And there are too many nights where he's not. Uh, so they need more from him. All right. Keep this in mind. Because I made some notes here. Keep this in mind. The Hurricanes are 16-12-3. and three. 16 wins, 12 losses, 3 overtime losses. Uh, what That equals 35 points in 31 games. It ain't awesome. But if I had told you that you would play 31 games already this year and you would have one goal from Andrei Svechnikov, you'd probably go, huh, that ain't bad. Andre checks a lot of boxes for Carolina. On top of the fact that when he does get his goal-scoring groove, he is a bushel of goals in a short period of time. I think there was a time last year, I think he had eight goals in eight games. In the first. I think it was the first eight games. So, again, they're not getting anything out of number 37 because he's not available. Hopefully he'll come back soon. I know. I, I think he skated today after uh, after the morning skate, uh, so who knows how long it's going to take, but uh, they need Andrei Svechnikov to be as good as they want to be. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, there was some slander on the uh, Jordan stall line. I'm just going to point uh, – this, this is a couple of facts out to you, and I guess we're going to close it uh, from here. Um, there is w- – people look at the – uh, plus minus and go well. He's out. They're not obviously not playing well. So in case you're uh, you're wondering, I'll give you the numbers on those three. Jordan Stahl uh, has uh, ten points and he's a uh, minus twelve. Let's see. Uh, Jesper Faust has seven points. He's a minus two. And Jordan Martinook has eight points and he's a minus six. They're obviously not playing well. Well, no, that's not the case at all. Because really the at the root of their minus is the fact that they haven't scored goals. Stahl's got four. Martinuk has one. Faust has three, right? Two. Faust has two. So combined, they've got seven goals. And it's funny because at five on five last year, that trio scored 36. But they didn't score 36, but they were on the ice for 36 goals. That trio was on the ice for 36 goals. They allowed as a trio 26. They were plus 10 at five on five as a group. This year, same trio. About the same. Actually, ice time is a little bit down, uh, but not dramatic. Um, it's a. It's probably uh, a minute uh, per per. Maybe even a shade more, but it's not dramatic. Um, they've allowed ten goals and scored and been on the ice for seven. Uh, seven, you know that they've scored. Ultimately, the goals that they will allow. Are about the same. I am not telling you that they're playing the same because I don't think they are, but it's too easy and absolutely inaccurate to simply look at plus minus and go, "Well, he sucks." They suck. Get him off the ice. So I want you to be—I want you all to be smarter, smarter fans—and recognize that there are. It's an imperfect stat. And keep this in mind as well. How many bad goals have been allowed this year? There's a good way to have your plus minus get screwed when the goalie can't stop the puck. And I don't know what the number is of bad goals that have been allowed. I'll bet you the number is pretty close to 20 in 31 games. I think we had three of them on Friday. Sorry auntie. Anyway, so let's not get uh, let's not get lost in the simple statistic of plus minus because it's not a very good read on whether or not the stall fast Martinook line has been effective because it has been. In fact, in terms of possession metrics, they have had the puck more this year than last. Not to mention, sometimes the defense isn't as good. Hey, one more thing. We haven't seen great Brett Pesci on a game-in, game-out basis. And typically, Shea and Pesci are together with Stahl, Martinuk, and Faust. So, let's not get lost in uh, some stuff like that. All right, we're done. Man, we went longer than I anticipated, but that's okay. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful uh, rest of your Sunday night. We'll see you Tuesday for the Vegas Golden Knights. That should be wild. I hope, uh, certainly hope Carolina uh, has their goal-scoring shoes on. They're going to need them. All right, we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina if it's for the exterior of your home. You can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Han and his crew do a great job. I tell you that all the time. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Uh, whatever I just try to say. I think it was English. Uh, and uh, this way it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast, or, or whenever we're about to do this thing live on YouTube. Right there on the Canes Corner podcast page. Shouts to you in Adelaide, you in Dublin, you in Perth, you in Alaska, wherever you are. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Actually, in Australia, it's already Monday. Heck, it might even be Tuesday. Good night, everyone. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. See you. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold.
3: The Cane's Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?